the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Open line Friday. Anytime you want to give a call about anything you'd like today, we'll change the subject for anything you would like to talk about. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528. Oh, there we go. There's the sound. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. You know, it's like the drum roll keeps going and the guy's just stuck in the cannon or waiting to go off the high dive and and he's just stuck up there and all the people go home. Do they even do that anymore? I don't know. 888-528-2557 is the phone number. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I do get your emails, by the way, there. We got a bunch of them this week and I, I do read them all. I can't respond to all of them and we try to get to them if they are uh, short enough to be uh, right there on the show so if you got a comment and you can send it in there we can get it on the program if they're uh, too long it's uh, hard to get all the way through that you know during a break or something but send me an email SoCalLive at kkla.com if you can't get to the phone 888-528-2557 all right so as we begin today i want to begin with the absurdity of the week and i really just want to address this issue with it and it's this question are we living in different worlds i mean not just dis- i mean people that might think differently about you or people who are going to vote completely different than you like the person who votes after you who cancels out all of your votes cuz they vote completely differently are they just just have a different policy perspective or do they live in a different world than you and they think you live in a different world than them do you ever feel like that 888-528-2557 this was um, Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor in Georgia, she was interviewed on MSNBC by Mike Barnacle. And uh, I want you to listen to his question and then her answer here. Question that he just asked you. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. So that is uh, what I would say is the absurdity of the week. There's a bunch of absurdities these days. but So the issue is that if you are afraid about inflation, then you should abort your baby. That, And this has gotten a lot of play out there. And where I'm getting at is that with that answer, and lots of people have answered with that, 
you know, he's asking this question because right now, inflation, crime, homelessness, education, all of these things, multiple issues are way above abortion in the mindset of the voter. And uh, Democrats are falling behind on a lot of stuff. Still two weeks to go. You never know what's going to happen. But he's asking that because he's trying to get her to comment on inflation and crime. And her suggestion is to abort the babies. I, I just don't get it. See, I don't get it for two reasons. I don't get it because I'm, I'm not in favor of abortion, okay? I don't think that's the right thing to do. What I don't understand is there's a baby in the mix here, but we act like there's not in these conversations. That's the different world thing I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Inflation is bad. Well, don't have kids. Have an abortion. Uh, you don't have a lot of money. Well, there's a larger potential then that your child might become homeless one day. Uh, so have an abortion. Don't have the kid. That's an argument that's been made. You're, there's a larger risk that your child might commit crimes one day because you're a single mom or because you're poor or because uh, you have different problems. Uh, just have an abortion. That's the solution. That Because there's the potential that your child is going to get frustrated later in life and not do well because that's that potential, uh, have the abortion. I don't get that. I don't get that mindset. And that's kind of a different world thing. Uh, it's like saying, you know what? It's going to cost more in electricity this winter. And for a lot of the country, there is a problem because it gets really cold and snow and everything. And a lot of the, our country uses heating oil, which we don't have to use too much in California. But you have to have heating oil for your house to heat it. And people are afraid it's going to be too expensive. As you can imagine, the gas prices go up, but so does the heating oil. And it's like saying, well, it's going to cost more for electricity and heating oil this year. So instead, burn your house down so you can get some heat. To me, that's the same thing. That's the, it makes no sense to me. And what I've noticed from her perspective, and she gives a, every answer from her and just about everything I've seen goes back to abortion with any issue. It's like there's no baby at all. There's never this answer that says, you know, the idea, there's been a lot of questions. We did a show earlier about the late-term abortions and how about 80% of Americans are against that. It's not really pro-choice, pro-life at this point. Most people are against that. And, you know, except for life of the mother and those kinds of things, but for just the choice to do it because you're afraid you can't afford the baby, uh, most people are against that. And yet over and over again, people fail, particularly some uh, some Democrats here are failing to acknowledge that there's even a baby there. Now, interestingly, President Biden, who I've just wondered, he's been asked several times and his press secretary has been asked several times, does the president support late term abortions? And you've seen this subject come up if you pay attention nationally in just about every single gubernatorial race uh, across the country. Okay, and the the governor races matter a lot because uh, abortion policies might come from the state house uh, a lot more than even Washington, most likely. So the president has been asked and he kind of uh, skips it. And then his press secretary doesn't really respond. President Biden responded this way. And I've been curious because I don't think he personally supports late-term abortions for any reason. And uh, this is what he had to say just to a reporter who shouted a question at him. Should there be any any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion at all? Uh, Yes, there should be. What should they be? In Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You'll get educated. No, I'm not asking. So he said, it's hard to hear, Uh, the reporter said, should there be any restrictions at all? This is the question that keeps getting answered. This is the first time I've actually heard Somebody right now in this cycle, I'm sure there's been some that I haven't heard, but in the major the major news, actually say it. And he said, uh, hey, uh, check out Roe versus Way, man. You might get educated, which kind of makes me laugh. And then he 
walked off to the helicopter. That's the noise you can hear in the back. But what he means is in the original Roe versus Wade, and then when it got sort of redecided in what was the Casey case back in the 1990s, there are some restrictions in that Roe versus Wade original court uh, decision. Women have the right, according to that decision, to abort pre-viability without undue interference from the state, meaning abortion on demand, anything you want, any reason you want, pre-viability. But it also says the state may restrict abortion post-viability, okay? And it also says that the state has a legitimate interest in protecting both the woman's health and the life of the fetus. So President Biden, I think, is living in that world where those have been the sort of allowable restrictions and thought for the last 50 years. I don't think he lives in the world that says no restrictions at all for any reason. And most people don't live in that world. So I just politically speaking, it's bizarre to me. It's bizarre to me that political consultants, whoever is advising Stacey Abrams or advising um, these other candidates who have said this, is saying you cannot answer this question. You have to support abortion until birth. I don't get it. And, and you know, it's not politically expedient. I think it's I think it just just from a purely political, you know, not even a moral standpoint, but just, hey, how do you win an election? I think that's crazy. But this is where I'm getting at with it. I feel like I'm just in a different world then when I hear this. I hear like I feel like this is something different. And and I've been thinking this for a while. And I heard a interview today with Trevor Noah. Do you know who he is? He's a comedian. He's the host of The Daily Show. He's pretty liberal on a lot of things, the way he thinks, but he's he's very thoughtful. And uh, he's actually, you know, comedians I find to be actually very smart on a lot of different things. And he's he's very thoughtful in how he, when he talks seriously about things, you may not always agree, but he's very, very thoughtful about it. And uh, I like to hear what he had to say. So I, I heard what he had to say, and he, he made this same point. He said uh, this. I think we're moving to a place where politics is now becoming the new religion of America. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's becoming the defining factor. When people meet you, that's the first thing they say now. Oh, you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. This is how I vote. This is, I, I don't know if you remember, there was a time when people didn't talk about that. They say your vote is your secrets. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk, let's talk, talk about that at the table. We don't, we don't talk about voting. People just voted and then they live their lives. But now people live to talk about how they voted. And I think what it's created is a world where that supersedes everything. Do you agree with that? I think there's definitely something true to that, right? There used to be a time where we didn't talk about it the same way. Your vote was your vote and you might vote differently than somebody in your family or even a close friend. But you, it didn't interrupt that relationship. It didn't define everything about who you are. And somehow this has changed, and he calls it a religion. Have we made politics our religion in our country? This is Southern California Live. You're listening to Scott Furrow. That's me. I'm your host. We're here every day from 3 to 5. It's Open Phone Friday. We will talk about anything you'd like to talk about if you want to call and change the subject. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Right now we're talking about, is politics the new religion? Do we live in different worlds? You know, with 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 calling it religion, I think what he means is we seem to approach these beliefs that we have about policy and moral issues from the standpoint of faith, from the standpoint of a worldview of living in a completely different world. He goes on to talk about it in a little bit more depth. What you're saying about the polarization is 
it's it's just going to become worse because we don't live in the same world anymore. Yeah. You know, we would all meet in one place, whether it was for the news, you know, where people were watching, whether it was Walter Cronkite or whoever it was, people would watch the same news and then argue about it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? If you're, I don't know how old you have to be, because the evening news is still on, so I've heard. You know, the, the CBS evening news and the NBC evening news, I, I think these are on, but I don't know if anybody knows who these anchors are. It used to be a big deal. Like, you were the number one person at the news network, ABC, CBS, NBC. News networks, if you were the NBC nightly news host, if you were Tom Brokaw, that was the guy. Good evening. I'm Tom Brokaw from NBC nightly news reporting tonight from Los Angeles and Loyola Marymount University. And you would watch him. And then you would watch Peter Jennings on the other station and Dan Rather on one station. And he's right. You, everybody would watch that, and then you'd argue about whatever they said. And most conservatives, it was kind of the same. Conservatives back then said, oh, they're liberally biased, but not the same as there are today. You got news, and we argued about the same news. Now we watch different news. Is that contributing to us being in a different world? I think he's got, I think he's onto something here. I think that, that matters a lot. That's why I encourage everybody to watch all the stations. Flip around. Fox, CNN, MSNBC. It's really clear where they're coming from left and right. I know CNN is in the middle of a change and people aren't sure what direction they're going to go. Um, but I feel like we we have to get back to a way where we can ha- live at least in the same world, at least have a conversation about whether or not a baby is present in a late term abortion, for example, and not where one side is talking about the baby and the other side acts like there is no baby. It's just a it's just a strange thing. 888-528-2557 is the number. Ken from San Pedro, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Ken. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. Um based on your conversations you were just having? Yeah. Regarding uh politics playing into almost everything? Yeah. Uh, I was a Department of Homeland Security contractor. My partner and I had over $60 million in contracts. And during a lunch meeting, the question was posed. This is five months before the election with uh, when Trump was already the president. They uh, asked, by the way, who you back or who are you backing for for a president? And I said, well, I said, Trump's our boss right now. He's pro pro police, pro military, pro life. And I said, he checks all of my boxes and uh, So I'm staying with Trump. And then they never paid me again. And basically, after three months, I nearly, uh, we almost lost the company at that point because we only had a three-month line of credit with our bank. The bank extended us, but at a a credit card rate for a couple of more months, they still didn't pay. And at the uh, five-month mark, we were within two weeks of bankruptcy. And, um, you know, being a a godly man, Christian man. My wife and I were on our knees praying every every day, every night. And uh, we never put the company up for sale. But a buyer came in at the last second, so they knew they had inside information. We heard that you were about ready to go bankrupt, and um, you know we're willing to buy the company from you. We had outstanding evaluations. Everything was going good. We were we were growing, and they ended it. They just ended it. Um, it was it was just bittersweet. I mean, mm. I just cannot believe because of who you... And you support. feel like that's the reason that he dropped his business with you is just because of who you voted for? Well, Department of Homeland Security. Right. If you remember, Department of Homeland Security was also the ones that were assigned 
to make sure there was no corruption in the, in the election. And yet we've already had, I think, three states already that have um, rescinded. Um, There's been know, some decisions election. made that are, I think have changed. Yeah. Can I ask you this, Ken? Is, is that something new? Do you think that we've changed in a way that meaning that if you would have Absolutely. said, I voted for Bob Dole and not Bill Clinton, would that have been the same back then? No. It, I, I did 30 years on the Los Angeles Police Department, and I didn't care if you were gay, you were straight, you were Democrat, Republican, independent, you do your job, and that's all I cared about. And gave everybody equal chances, promoted people, uh, never took into who did you vote for as a, as a reason why I would have promoted you to the, the yeah. position that you were in. And it's just, this has changed. I mean, this is a dramatic change. It's a significant uh, change. Ken, I appreciate your call very much. I think that that's what uh, even Trevor Noah is coming at. And I, I think we see this. I, I think that we can do something about it. I think that we have to be very, very intentional about it. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. Right now we're talking about whether or not people who have different political points of view feel like they're living in different worlds. Can we even be be friends? Uh, Trevor Noah, comedian from The Daily Show, it was suggesting, reminding us that a few years ago we watched, we all watched the same news, network news, and then we argued about that news. He went on to even talk about other things that we did together as families and friends. Even TV shows, you know, the other day, you know, when you saw when you saw that um, Angela Lansbury passed away, and I thought, man, I murder she wrote every single episode with my mom in South Africa. That was a family thing. Mm -hmm. How many shows do we have? Like that. And not the shows, but how many moments. Everybody's watching their own TV. Yeah. Kids are in a different world to their parents. Parents are in a different world to their parents. And so you have this, this, this unshared reality that we're all existing in. That I, had you have that experience too? We used to watch Murder, She Wrote. I think it was on Sunday night. I feel like as a family, we have to sit down. Do people even watch network TV anymore? I heard that the like primetime television, like it has been for a long time, is done because of the smart TV and the apps. You'll just pick an app. What he's talking about is how we all pick different apps, even on the same household. Now, when I grew up, when I was really young, we only had three channels, ABC, CBS, NBC. You know, and if the president was on, he was on all three channels. It was horrible. But Murder, She Wrote, remember that program? Uh, small town up in Maine, and uh, Angela Lansbury was this novelist who conveniently solved these murders um, that were very similar to books that she had written, uh, which made me think they should have ended that show with her being the mass murderer of the whole town. I mean, there's an awful lot of murders in this town, and that suspicious sheriff from Happy Days. Anyway, I think this is a different time. What do we do about it? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Two five five seven. Where do we go from here, uh, David? Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. I, I just think that we're in a, a point in history where the the moral compass is so different that I don't see us going back to how it was, say, twenty, thirty years ago, even ten years. Yeah. Is there a way back? I mean, maybe things are the same. I don't think we're going to watch the nightly news, and we're not going to sit down and watch a sitcom the same way. I think that, technologically speaking, yeah. that era is over. But he also makes the point that we're all kind of in our own world, where our kids might be watching. We all have our own screens that we carry around, right? Our kids are watching different shows. True. We, we might all be in the same room True. watching different shows. Is there True. a way back? What do you think? Ah, man. I, I You know, I think... There's so much opposition to, to the truth, meaning Christ, now that 
I don't know if there is a way back, Scott. I, I pray there is, but I don't see it, unfortunately. All right. I, I, I hope that you're not correct, but a lot of people feel the way that Me you too. feel. You know, David, thank you for calling Southern California Live. You know, on, on that thought here, um, I have had some thoughts here that there is a way. There is something for us in the church. See, reality in the different worlds that we live in, right, it is, uh, there's only one reality. Whatever is true ultimately is true. I mean, we live in a weird time where people can have their own truth and this and that, but that doesn't work, okay? Eventually, reality will smack you in the face. Reality is persistent, I like to say. I heard somebody say, reality bats last, that eventually reality will rear its head and whatever is true, whatever is actual, that you're going to have to deal with. And that's true with our relationships. It's true, I believe, spiritually the same way. There either is a God or there isn't. And that God either cares about who we are or doesn't. And if he does care about who we are, how does he interact with us? And I believe as a Christian that there is a God. He created us. He created us with a purpose. We're made in his image. We, we gave, he gave us the opportunity to obey him or to sin. We sinned. He sent his son as the Savior who lived as Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again from the, the grave. He's coming back. When you die, you're going to go meet him. I believe every knee will bow. I believe everybody's going to have that experience, whether we believe it or not. I think that, you know, sometimes Christians will disagree on interpretations of Scripture on different things, but there's somebody's right or everybody's wrong, but there is a truth ultimately. And I think that we find those things out one day when we stand in front of Jesus. In the meantime, what do we do as people who, as for our Christian listeners out there, and if you're new to this station, this Christian station, but we we take the news of the day and really try to look at it from a biblical perspective. What do we do? Maybe to keep our family in the same, living in the same world? Because that's another thing. Parents and kids are often living in a different world, and grandparents are in a completely different world, right? Um, what do we do? I think there's a biblical answer. I think we can, we can get to that here. 888-528-2557 is the number. It is Open Line Friday, and I see a couple of calls with different subjects. We will get to you if you keep holding. Thank you for doing that. Uh, and... Um, and check us out. By the way, if you like uh, election stuff, uh, go to our, our our website and look up our show, Southern California Live. There's something called the Ferocious Election Day Special, and uh, I'm going to talk more about that later on, but it's a way that we can connect online. If you just want a non-biased, results-based group to check in on, on, on uh, election night, that's the place for you. This is Open Line Friday, Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557. You can call about anything that's on your mind. I will get to your calls. And uh, and so you can call right now and you can change the subject. That's okay. We can continue with the same subject. We're going to stay with the same subject for a couple of minutes here and take your calls. We're talking about whether or not we live in different worlds because of different political points of view. And we've been talking about how it used to be that everybody watched the same news at night, the evening news. And uh, you could argue about it and you could say it was biased or you can have whatever conversation you might have about it. But everybody watched the same news and they argued about the same news. Now we don't. We watch news that we agree with, typically speaking. 
we even used to watch a lot of the same TV shows, and it was different than today, where often you might be with your family or friends in the same room, but everybody's got their own screen and everybody's watching their own show. And the world has changed, and has that put us in different worlds? The danger is that there is reality, and reality eventually is going to win. Reality is persistent. It is. I believe that there is a reality of God and who God is and what he has done for us and what we need to do to be saved. That's to put our faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that that is true. I believe that there is a reality of the church. So where does the church fit into this? I think in the church we've had uh, lots of challenges with this. 888-528-2557. Ken in San Pedro, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, Scott. I was on the line with you and I got cut off, uh, so I didn't know if uh, we were right in the middle of a discussion. Oh, well, you, uh, you, yeah, I don't know. So go ahead. No, I I was just saying I I could not believe that who you backed made a difference. Oh, you were were talking about, uh, yeah. So yeah, we moved on from from that part, but you were you were pointing out, uh, Ken, and I do appreciate your call. I just want to go on to other callers. You made the point that you had supported uh, President Trump in the election, and you felt like you your business was lost because of that, with homeland security and lots of things. You know, people lost a lot of friends, really going both ways, based on who they voted for. Not just in the last election, but I would say in the previous three or four. Uh, this has been brewing for for many years. And now we live in a place where there are polls that just where people say, I won't even be friends with somebody who doesn't agree with me politically. College students say they won't they won't room. They won't have a roommate who doesn't agree with them politically. And they will not. It's a this is a dangerous time. And I think it gives us a worldview problem where we are so different in our worldview that. Uh, we're we're not even seeing the world in the same way, in such a way that we can even have a a good conversation. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Cindy, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I love your show. Oh, thank you, Cindy. Great talk. Yes, and um, to touch on real quickly, um, what that last call was is that I found it's better now to respond with. I'm going to pray about that, you know, because um, uh, I've been asked, um, and as a parent with kids, and you're right, years ago, I, I remember um, all the tears and fights uh, that I would hear about in the elementary school, about elections a couple years ago, uh, and, um, and that's, and okay, and so... Um, and then during the pandemic, uh, parents would say, "What, you know? Did you get vaccinated? Well, well, uh, who did you vote for? Who?" Are you? And you have to answer me. And and I, I was like, "Oh my!" And I'm like, "We're Christians, you know. I know you from church." And um, it's become so the way we define I, each other, right? That somehow who we voted for defines who we are in our country. Where that used to be something that we would keep secret, right? Your vote was. I, I, I know. You know. And it didn't matter if somebody voted the other way. You might you might make a joke, but you could still be friends. Yes, exactly. So so now I I, I am just saying, oh, I I'm praying about it. Um, my pastor mentions using discernment to get to the truth. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's so. It, what what would you say I, the solution I, is? If it's, if it's, 
right. If it, is this a worldly ways or a political, you know, or or what, you know, to find a solution? What would um, God, you know, God's will, God's way be about this? And so that I've noticed that um, they're leaving me alone now. You know, when when I say I really need to pray about this and mm. and then have a discussion with my family, and then my older son to go back where you uh, switched it. Um, a few years ago, right before the pandemic, uh, I have two teenage boys, and, and he said, let's watch this show together. And, and my youngest was like, no, no, because he wanted to stay on, on his cell phone. Um, well, well, we were all laughing together, enjoying the show, and he's like, we're going to do this every night at this time, um, because it was rerun. Yeah. And it brought us closer, and now it's a tradition, because my son's in college. Well, and, that's good. Um, my older son, yes, and so when he comes over in the summer, Christmas, we'll we'll either watch rerun. And you brought up a good point. There's not many new shows. You brought up so many great points right now. All right. Well, Cindy, and, um, is that of your? Uh, you wanted to say that uh, prayer is another way that we can stay together and yes. get on the same page. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I wanted to tie it up. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so we always hear. Uh, in my son's religious classes, you know, the family that stay, prays together stays together. So we make a point of doing that. Um, and um, on Sundays, you know, with our meals. At, yeah, and uh, that's and that's helping yeah, you. So so I want to get to some other calls. So, Cindy, you, oh, you, sure, you sure. guys pray together, but you've also had this success at even having a family night together. Yes, yeah, so, I, so I believe, yes. You know, technology is good. It's moving us forward. But then I've heard so many uh, pastors and people say, but then you have to be disciplined and set the time together. Yeah, A family that prays together, stays together, but we also have to do our entertainment and, and other things together, too. There's a lot of things we need to do together. Cindy, thank you for calling and for listening thank you. Uh, to Southern California okay. Live. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. It's Open Phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. I'll get to a different subject here in just a minute. I want to leave you with this, and we can bring this back up if you want to call and talk about it, because I think it does matter. I think that Cindy brings up, you know, it's, it's you, you know, the family that prays together, stays together. It's cliche, right? But it's also true that when you're praying together, it also puts your mind in the same place. You are all, you all come together with what your actual concerns is. Sometimes in family prayer time, even just family dinner time, even if you're just watching entertainment, sometimes you get conversation and you find out who's struggling with what or what happened in the day. We miss that when we're all staring at screens or everybody's going their own way. This is something important. I think that it affects the church because it has moved us away from being kingdom-minded on so many things. We're, we're living in a different world. We're, you know, churches are notoriously kind of behind as far as where the culture is and how to actually share the gospel. Uh, you know, sometimes churches are still living in the 1970s when it's 2022 or maybe the 1990s. I'll tell you what, this is what I think is, is true. We're not the same culture. We're not living in the same world's that we were just 10 years ago. Everything is different today than it was 10 years ago. And as Christians, we have to get caught up and be able to minister to the world. So I'd like to say this, you number one, be kingdom minded, go to church. You know, a lot of people feel like you don't need to go to church or be involved. We need to go to church together. 
And Hebrews 10 gives us some uh, ideas. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. He says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. That's the worldview. That's the the reality that we believe as Christians, the world as it is, that all the craziness that's going on, it's not something that's confusing to God. It's it's this world is barreling quickly toward the culmination of history that the Bible predicts in the book of Revelation and prophetic passages in the Old Testament. If you read it, read through the book of Revelation, take a couple hours, you won't understand half of it, but you'll understand the main point, and then you'll watch the news, whatever channel you watch, and you'll go, oh. We are headed directly to that point. And that helps us focus on the hope that we profess, that we're saved by Christ, that he's coming back, that we got a job to do. And it says, for he who promised is faithful. We live in a world where the reality is the faithfulness of God. And then it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's how you break down those walls of different worlds, love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, that's going to church, as some are in the habit of doing. You know, don't feel terrible that you've done that. Just you know, have some grace for yourself, get back to church, because obviously they were struggling with that back in uh, the day of the Hebrew writer. But encourage one another, all the more as you see the capital D day approaching, meaning Judgment Day approaching. It's approaching rapidly, and one way it's going to happen anyway, if you pass away, you're going to go meet Jesus. I think this, this helps us a lot. For Christians, if we want to bridge this gap, if we we want to maintain friendships with people who aren't believers, this is the way to do it. You spur one another on to good deeds. You go to church so that you have your fellowship. And don't give up and stay focused on the hope that Jesus brings. And don't hang on to too much to the hope of your favorite political candidate or election, what they bring. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Open phone Friday, 888-528-2557. Sandra, thank you for calling. Thanks for holding on so long. How are you doing, Sandra? I'm doing great. I'll just get right to the point. So it just came on my heart. I was reading the Bible, and I realized that Jesus gave his disciples one gift, and he gave them the gift to heal the sick. And I thought, why did he give him that gift? Why do you think that's the only gift he gave them? Well, that's a major gift that he gave them. So I'll go to why he gave them that gift. Because right now, if we sent homeless poor people to a town, there were not they weren't going to listen to them. But if they he they had the gift of healing the sick, then the people would hear the message. Mm. And so I think it was fantastic the way Jesus did that. They could heal the sick, then the people would want to hear the message of Jesus. And I think that the failing sometimes of the church and where we're at right now, when we talk about polarizations, it shouldn't just be Democrats and Republicans. What about polarizations within Christians? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the Christians should be at the forefront of Medicare for all. And then we could hear the message. Then we could say, this is who we are. We are disciples of Christ, and we believe in healing the sick, and we're at the forefront of Medicare for all. We're also against abortion. We're also against gay marriage because we're these loving family value people 
people that are taking Christ's work out into the world. But the Salvation Army is not 100% fully funded every day by the Christian right astounds me. Mm. And the problem is, is that who is funding the Salvation Army, who does Christ's work, and who is at the forefront of Medicare for All is not the Christians. When you say Medicare for All, are you talking about the policy or or just making sure that we're taking care of people however we do our health care system? I just want the Christians to be at the forefront of, yes, health care for all, just like every other country has it. Because then we would have, I, I'm embarrassed to say I'm the Christian right, because, but I wouldn't be embarrassed if we said, listen, I just, I'm against these things, but I'm for these other things. And so when they give to me, like, you're pro birth but you're not pro-life there's some truth to that we uh we and so it's the left it's the democrats and it's some of the leftists that really are doing jesus's work all right sandra i appreciate your call and uh, i gotta go to a break i appreciate that maybe that's something good for us to uh respond to if you want to call 888-528-2557 thank you sandra for calling for holding so long i think that one of the we got to go to a break but you know do you feel like in your when we're talking about politics earlier, we talked about politics becoming the religion of people. Do we feel like we have to toe the line on every issue that whatever our side is, says what she was talking about is she's against abortion and she's against gay marriage, but she wants the Medicare for all. Um, and that would be more of a, a liberal thing. There's a lot of things on the, the left that are about caring for people, at least in the rhetoric and other stuff. Where Do we just have a hard time acknowledging that maybe the other side has a point here and there, whichever side you're talking about? How do we move past that to live in the world and actually get something done? I think that I think that's huge, is, is are we going to get something done, or we just keep voting for two sides who ultimately don't do a whole lot as far as getting things done? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. It is Open Phone Friday. Anything you'd like to talk about, call right now, 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phones to doesn't want to give name. How you doing? What's your name? Make up a name if you don't have a name. I have a name. I just prefer not to today because I call all the time. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. However, um, when we were speaking, when you were speaking earlier about the discord of and the 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 disagreements in different worlds that people are living in, right? Yeah, when they disagree, yeah, where they get to the point where they don't want to even talk to each other anymore, which to me is not. That's because we have a world that don't know God, but it's become very much more heinous. The why some of this has come is like, how can you? Because it's become so um, wicked, so so dangerously hateful and gory to the things that the government or the two parties are standing for anymore. 
and it be makes it, it, it to me it would have to be a little more clear to if you have any kind of conscience or Christ in you certain things you just as a as Christ is in you it will prick your heart to say I got to step away from this you know yeah. or you can't vote for this but also I have seen on both parties, you know, like I always tell people, don't put your trust in man, but as believers, we have to continue to echo that softly, tenderly, Jesus is calling every, you know, calling for sinners to come home and to let them know that the hope is not in man or in our government, but it is. Jesus. We have a much more important thing that we need to to not get lost in the political fray, uh, the, yes. the who Jesus is. And I think yes. you know, earlier, uh, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. And thank you for, for, for listening. You know, I think that is a big piece of it, right, is that somehow in the political fray, earlier we, we talked about uh, this. This was something that Trevor Noah said in an interview on MSNBC with um, – Uh, discussing the divisions that we have in the culture. He said this. I think we're moving to a place where politics is now becoming the new religion of America. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that for a little while, is that is politics, has politics become our religion? Is this why we don't get along? Is this why there are so many people who nowadays the polls are saying more and more people will not even get along with people who disagree with them politically? And people, we've had a caller who talked about how he lost business because of how he voted in the last election. I know people personally. I know people in the church who cannot be friends, cannot go to the same church because of political views and how they voted. This is definitely something that has changed because we used to be able to get along, right? I used to do in my uh, my my career, which has gone in a lot of different directions, but I, when I was doing impersonations, okay, as a comedian, I did presidents and newscasters mostly, and I did corporate events and things like that. So people would have me come and they'd be eating dinner and I'd be doing all these presidents. I could make jokes, okay, about both parties because I got, I got Bush and I got Reagan and I got Carter and I got Clinton and I got Richard Nixon and I got the whole group of people coming. And I could, I could make jokes about all of them and the audiences would laugh. And I haven't done that for a long time, but I have noticed today, and I started to notice in the 2000s, that those things, the early, uh, you know, 2000, 2000 and 2009, what do we call that decade? In the old days, they called it like aught one, aught two, aught three. I don't think we're saying that. What do we call the, like we're in the 2020s right now. I guess we just, and there was the 2010s. What do we call that first decade? I don't, I don't get it. Um, in that first decade, whatever it is we call it, people stopped laughing if you made a joke about their side, does that make any sense? If if you made a George Bush, George W. Bush joke um, and you were talking to Republicans, they might not have found that funny where they would have found it funny 10 years before. Or if you made a John Kerry joke or a Barack Obama joke, the Democrats wouldn't find that funny. And suddenly there's just nothing humorous. I thought when Donald Trump got elected that maybe I should go back to that because I can grow up my hair a little bit and I look a little too much like that guy if I comb my hair out kind of long and, and I've got a big red tie and I've got an outfit and I can do it. And, and, uh, and I thought, I don't think people are going to find this funny. I think they're either, they either hate him or they love him, but there's, there's, 
something that has happened over the course of 20-something years where we, we just have a hard time, I think, listening, and we're in a different world. The solution to this, my friends, is for us to make sure that Jesus doesn't get lost in all of this, to make sure that our testimony and our purpose as believers doesn't get lost, that it's our political point of view. We're going to have an election, and we're going to have an election in less than two weeks, and it's important. There are really important things. If you listen regularly, I'm begging you to go vote. Be out there to vote. There are things that matter. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more, actually, in the next hour, just kind of what are some of the the big issues going on and what do we do about it. But And it matters. But when Wednesday comes, the Wednesday after the election, or the Wednesday three weeks from the election, whenever they stop counting the votes or whatever happens this year, and there's going to be controversies no matter what, there's going to be stuff going on. The the thing that we have to think about is, okay, what now? And if if politics has become our religion, then church is election day, and then we don't go to church for two years. And is the only time we care about these things whenever there's an election? I think if that's the case, I think if the only time the church cares about abortion or health care or immigration or guns or name your issue, whatever it is, if the only time that we care about this seems to be wrapped up in our politics and the only time we care passionately is whenever we're at a time where there is an election coming, then maybe politics, and I'm just postulating here, but maybe politics has become our religion too much, right? Because church is every two years when there's an election. What do we do next? There's always school board meetings throughout the year. We should be going to those as parents and paying attention. We, you know, that doesn't just happen around, you know, right now we're talking about it a lot because we have people getting elected. Can I encourage you to have that in the back of your mind, that whenever this election is over, however much you care about it, have this question in the back of your mind. Ready? Here's the question. The question is, now what? However the election turns out, whether your side wins or loses or whatever happens, whatever controversies might be brewing, I have a hunch that people, whoever loses, they're going to say there was cheating and it's just, it could be messy. It just might be messy. Maybe not. I, I'm, it could be. But now what? From the standpoint of the church, what's the now what? I think a big part of it is we need to go to church. We need to do the things that the scriptures tell us to do as the church. I think in the book of Hebrews where he tells us to get back into church let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, is prom- who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to good deeds, to, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's kind of the warning right there, right? The warning is the day approaching, judgment day. We are one way or another running out of time. And even if judgment day is far off, Everybody you know is eventually going to meet Jesus, you know, sometime within the next 78.5 years, statistically. Longer than that if you beat your insurance company. It is urgent. The message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this confused and whacked out world that we're living in, where we do live in different worlds, the solution is you bring everybody to the reality of the God who made them, the God who loves them, and the reality of grace and salvation by grace through faith, the distinction of our faith, that we're saved because we believe in Jesus Christ. i got to take a break. We'll get back with Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.